Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, give me a better answer. Energies. Didn't we just get done screaming energies? I imagine that's how your guys' conversations are. They're that stilted all the time like, in yeah, real it's life. It's pretty awkward. Oh, look, like when he comes home from work and it's like, hello, Whitney, how are you? I'm good, <laughs> Pat, husband, how are you? I'm great, wife. Good night. <laughs> and then we just go, yeah. Good night. Um, anyways, welcome in. Uh, we just did a movie. Switch things up a little bit. Yeah, we're doing a, a taking a little break from One Tree Hill. What, what do we call it? Palate cleanser. Little palate cleanser. Little recharge. Yeah. Kind of switch things up. Keep our brains guessing. Yeah, we'll see how this goes because if this goes well, we might start peppering in more teen movie breakdowns. To be honest, yeah. So throw us some feedback if you like this. If you like this little change up. If you like the movie. She's All That, featuring Freddie Prince Jr., FPJ, FPJ, Paul Walker, and Rachel Lee Cook. Crush City, by those three. Yeah, and if you do like it, slide into those DMs, Vicarious Living Podcast on Instagram, and Vicarious Living Pod at gmail.com. I would like to hear the feedback, like if there's one we're missing, because right now we're just going off the top of our head of like what we want to get in. You know, we talked about... She's All That, Cruel Intentions, Varsity Blues, 10 Things I Hate About You. So if kids, get at us if there's another one you want to hear us do. Because I feel like 10 Things is what we got to do next. I don't know though. Varsity Blues sounded so we'll fight, fucking good. We'll fight over it off air. Okay. We'll arm fight wrestle? Off air. Classic arm wrestle? Yeah. We'll do a pre-production arm wrestle to decide that. Okay. Um, okay. So tonight... First, we're just going to give a plot breakdown, give context for the kids. We're going to do a little background on the characters, and then we're going to get into our thoughts. So if you haven't seen She's All That in a long time, um, plot is pretty complicated. What'd you say? <laughs> I have a, a lot of ins and outs. It's like basically Mission Impossible 1 mixed with Inception in terms of how confusing it is. So I'll yeah. let you kind of dive into that a little bit because i don't know if i can handle it it's kind of, i feel like when i saw the matrix for the first time like i had to go back and watch it like five additional times to pick up on all the teen nuance that right. was going Didn't really on sink in the first time too many twists i mean there was there was things like cameos i was picking up on like it just a lot of things that when i saw this movie the fifth time i was like shit yeah she should have taken the red pill you're like oh my god <laughs> she saw that as actually an allegory for apartheid I don't know what that means, but it's uh, yeah, yes. Actually, I think it's yeah. District Nine, the movie District Nine is that's the apartheid allegory. That is a super underrated movie. <laughs> it's an awesome movie. I don't know. It's so I, creepy. And they so set that movie up that there would be a sequel, like a District Ten, but then they never made it. <laughs> and I don't know why they did District Ten sequel. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll workshop that. Um, we'll spec it out. But anyways, yeah, dive into this plot. Okay, it's a doozy. So. All it says in this on Google for the overview is high school hotshot Zach Seiler, FPJ, 
is the envy of his peers, but his popularity declines sharply when his cheerleader girlfriend, Taylor, leaves him for sleazy reality television star Brock Hudson. Desperate to revive his fading reputation, Siler, FPJ, agrees to seemingly a seemingly impossible challenge. He has six weeks to gain the trust of nerdy outcast Lainey Boggs, Ugh. Rachel Lee Cook, and help her become the school's next prom queen. Wow. Yikes. We Ow. have an incredible plot here. <laughs> it's just incredible. Um, 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Bullshit score. Yeah. I. Uh, it's one of those things where if you forget about how the Rotten Tomatoes meter works, which I do all the time, it's basically whether or not you like or dislike a movie. And then don't they add them all up? It's do it's you the think... percentage of likes... Yes. So did thumbs up or thumbs down, then they ag- they take an aggregate of all those scores, and that's how you get the percentage. So that's saying that 60% of viewers gave this a thumbs down. I'm sitting there in 1999. I just finished that movie. I'm giving it a like. Big thumbs up. That's a two thumbs up for this podcaster. So I don't know how it got that bad of a score. It's probably those snobby, well, snobby critics. Look. One of those things. Intern Whitney actually did some digging, and she saw that 92% of Google users loved it. (laughs) So, fuck the 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a bullshit score. Um, It's one of those things where you know a movie is about to be super artistic, and you're just going to have to hang on for the ride. If it gets a really, if it's got like a 95 from the critics, and like a a 40 (laughs) from the audience, it's like, fuck, this movie is going to sniff its own farts so hard, but I'm in. Like, you just got to be, you got to put yourself in that mindset. Maybe pour a glass of white wine and just be like, all right, I'm in for the art movie. But if it's flipped, it's more of like a popcorn movie, which I'm assuming this is. I don't know, dude. I mean, I would put this, so you're you're talking like the flip side is Citizen Kane, where it's probably exactly. 99%, <laughs> but then a 13% with the audience. Uh-huh. No, I'm going, yeah, I'm with you. This is a popcorn movie. This is the opposite of Citizen Kane. Um, okay, you want to do a character breakdown? Yeah, sure. Let's start first and foremost, FPJ. Love him. Freddie Prince Jr. seems like a nice guy in real life. Am I making that up or? So I'm glad intern Whitney's here for this because we have to get female thoughts on him. I'm going to first tell you another female thoughts. Get the brain churning a little bit for you. Anna from HR talked to her before we did this. I had a feeling she was an FPJ fan. Mm -hmm. And I said, just what are your thoughts on FPJ? And it was like a physical manifestation was happening inside of her right in front of me just on hearing the name freddie prince jr she likes red prince she (laughs) loves red prince dude like she she was talking about she said he has perfect proportions like perfect face proportions and she said his lips are Mm, like pillowy she didn't use pillowy but she essentially did yeah yeah i took it that way he's got good spiked hair very cool hair always has had that she, it, he also hit her at like her peak, you know, this is 1999, probably when she's in like the fourth grade or something like that. So that's like yeah, peak her, when her, 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 she her probably had posters. 
No, I'm saying that's when you have like the then you have the posters on the walls. You know, it's like you idolize. Okay, that's a better way to put the it. Poster on the wall peak. Yeah, poster on the wall peak. Um, she also mentioned, good guy, dude. Good guy points. Been married forever. There you go. Sarah Michelle Geller. He's been married to her forever. Got in on her early and just like crushed staying with her. So to what you were saying about good guy, totally. And then the last thing, aged well. Still handsome. Yeah. Silver fox now, she said, with a little gray in his hair. <clears throat> That's no surprise. So does that line up with you in turn, Whitney? Uh, yeah, for the most part. I think I was not... I, I like... I, the lips thing, 100%. I agree with. Big fan of his lips. But overall, I was a huge Sarah Michelle Gellar fan, so he was kind of by association arrival? Uh, on my radar. Was but... he a rival of yours? No, I mean, I don't know. I was more into her than I was him. Uh, but I, I would say I have heard, I will second the nice guy. I've actually heard uh, Big Family Man kind of took, I think that's actually why his career, he kind of like turned things down a bit for his family. So, so that's, that's a cool. that's a good point. Like, because he had, I was looking up his IMDb. He had a run. He had a five-year run from 97 to 2002. That was insane. Was his last one, was it Summer Catch? No. no. So, Summer Catch is in that run. He started out with I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh-huh. Huge movie. That's another one we could actually probably do. Because I've never seen that. And I need I don't to think see I it. have either. Yeah. That's or a movie? You're yeah. going to go get that's spooked it. out together? Turn the lights down? That's classic teen horror genre. We need to be in that. So, yeah. He started out with that in 97. And then he had some in there like Summer Catch, like you mentioned. And he was just crushing. And then all of a sudden it stopped and it hit a brick wall when he did fucking Scooby-Doo and it just completely ended his career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which Matthew Lillard was also on. Yeah, true. correct. So so to, to your point, was it like, all right, I got the family. I think I'm going to slow down the career. So, yep, Scooby-Doo me. That was so he did it on purpose. That was what I was going to ask Whitney was, was did he make a career, he made the decision a la Heath Ledger and Josh Hartnett where they just decided, I'm getting too famous, I'm going to kind of bow out. I yeah. don't like it. That was kind of my understanding and also I think because I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read this in an article about him and Sarah Michelle Gellar. He kind of took a step back so she could take a step forward with her career. Oh. Um, which... Big points for that too. What a good guy. If, if it's true, could be misremembering this article, but or it could just all be a PR move because Scooby Doo tank is. <laughs> well, she was in that too. Oh, she and was. So, yeah, wow. she was in it. Okay. Um, and I'm then... just looking up her career to see if, like, so we're saying in 2002 he took a step back. I just want to see if that's when she, she did anything. Well, she got they got married in 2002. She was still doing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Then she did that bullshit horror movie, The Grudge. Oh, yeah. Pretty fucked up, actually. I always remember the shower scene in that movie where she's washing her hair. And then she feels a huge Uh, thing coming out of the back of her head. Yeah, I watched that. So fucked up. I watched that one. That was the first one I watched with a friend with no parents home. And we had to call our mom to come home. Yeah, that yeah. one. That one's tough. It's a tough watch. So based on these flicks, though, I think it's safe to say. They both took a step back. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, I, I might have, that might be what I read. That I know that they like were both really into their family. Like, yeah. Which I thought was cool. I think he went a little more behind the scenes when I was reading uh, FPJ fun facts. I also saw that they were saying that he did like he was a creative development like writer and 
um, contributor to the WWF really? wrestling. Yeah. That's cool. Behind the scenes. So yeah, I think he did take a step back. But just a b- real quick about Sarah Michelle Geller, I just want to agree with intern Whitney on that because I am a big fan of her, looks-wise. SMG? SMG, dude. I mean, she's in that category of she kind of has a flaw, but she's so attractive that it just like becomes super unique and like now I really want to be with her. What's the flaw? A little bit of a snaggle tooth. Really? Yeah. I can roll with that. Uh, who was that that we were talking about that had one that was just totally a turn on because she was so attractive? Uh, famously Jewel, but probably not her. It wasn't Jewel. It was someone. Was it the girl that Street is dating with the tattoos? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That didn't bother us with her. It was the eyebrows that bothered us with her. But yeah, the snaggle tooth, we didn't mind. Yeah, we've, weirdly enough, it. we've turned into a pretty big eyebrow podcast. <laughs> you have. No, that's your corner. Um, last thing I want to say about FPJ, and then we'll move on to the other characters. I do have some nits to pick with him. My opinion, intern Whitney weigh in, I think he's totally a guy who's built for a little stubble and five o'clock shadow. Mm, I would agree. I don't think him with a clean shave is his him being his best self. No. That's me. It's but I think it, it probably ages him for a high school movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> in, a high school, in a high school movie, he probably goes clean shave. Yeah. Um, another thing we noticed when we were watching this, real big head. Yes. That doesn't match his body. We were all kind of wishing that he had a little more shoulder and pec definition. I'm not good. So this is me personally. I'm not good at gauging head size. Thank God. Because mine's pretty big. <laughs> Got a big head? <laughs> yeah. I've never noticed that. Thank you. And BD is all about big heads. He <laughs> notices them on all these shows. Well, well, yeah. So you're saying. No, yeah. we were saying about FPJ is that he's, you know, 6'1", so he's decently sized. So him having a big head actually is not that big of a problem, except that his body doesn't match. His it's body's like narrow way, shoulders. way yeah. too narrow. Yeah. Like, I'd like a little more shoulder definition and, like, pec definition from my leading teen man, FPJ. Yeah. So like I would just he's got a bench a little bit. He's got a bench, probably do some dips maybe, pull ups, maybe do some flies. I don't know. What he should have done, and this is to transition us into our next character, is to hit the gym with Paul Walker. Mm. Cause Paul Walker is coming in at like what, two twenty five, super jacked. Dude. This. R. He's R. like P. twice the size of Fast and the Furious Paul Walker in this. R.I.P. to Paul Walker. Yeah, it goes without saying, R.I.P. Fucking goddamn, is he looking good as a 23-year-old playing a a (laughs) 17-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Paul Walker, this was at a time when Paul Walker was very typecast in a role of, like, I'm a California jock who's really dumb. Yes. That, he, he played that exact same role in movies like Varsity Blues... He also played that role in a movie called Meet the Deedles. I don't know if you ever saw that. I think I did, actually. It was an awesome movie. I can't remember anything that happened in it. He's just kind of... He reminds me a lot of Keanu Reeves before he became Matrix Keanu Reeves. So we're talking pre-Fast and Furious Paul Walker and pre-Matrix Keanu Reeves. I feel like Paul Walker is the blonde version of Keanu Reeves. I feel like Keanu obviously shed it. He shed uh, it, but yeah. I feel like that just that vibe carried throughout Paul Walker's entire career. Once again, no disrespect. No R. disrespect. 
But anytime he tries to like be serious or say something smart, it comes off as weird and cheesy. Yeah. And maybe that's just because I'm only thinking of the Fast movies. Yeah. Yeah. But we love him. We do love him. We love him. Icy blue eyes. He's so hot. Uh, Cool hair. And this, he's constantly smoking cigarettes. Yeah. And like at a Don certain, Draper and Mad Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at a certain point, just kind of turns into a villain, which we'll get back to. But I got a good zag to see on that. Him. Really good to see him. I really got a zag on that take. Because okay, he is portrayed as the villain in this, but I may have some differing opinions. <laughs> um, okay, so let's. Just, the, there's two more characters I want to talk about. Scratch that. Three more characters I want to talk about. You got to get into Rachel Lee Cook. Mm-hmm. This podcaster, sitting here in this podcast studio. Would it be safe to say you had a little crush on her? I just, dude, I had a, what a huge crush on her. Even when I she's wearing obsessed. those glasses and she's got overalls with so paint let, on them? Let's, let's play. And her hair's in a messy bun? <laughs> oh! Let's play a clip of what Pat's referring to from Not Another Team Movie, which we are going to actually play a lot of Not Another Team Movie clips where they make fun of that. Here it is. But no, I'm looking for somebody who's really messed up. I'm talking about a real shit bomb. Oh, well, bombs away. Oh, no, 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 no. Anyone but her, not Janie Briggs. Guys, she's got glasses and a ponytail. Look at that. She's got paint on her overalls. What is that, guys? There's no way she could be prom queen. So yeah, in that clip, I love that because it is so... Rachel Lee Cook is just like a smoking hot 10 out of 10 who just has overalls on, there's a little paint on them, and glasses. Mm -hmm. And her hair's a little frizzy. And that movie makes fun of it perfectly because the way that Freddie Prince Jr. and Paul Walker are like analyzing her when they're trying to figure out who they can make like his prom queen, they're literally... Acting like she is a grotesque elephant woman. (laughs) Yeah, it's odd. She is so... I was just... It it really comes through when you see her on the screen. It's like... I'm not fooled. I'm not fooled by the overalls. She is so attractive. Yeah, she wasn't fooling anyone. Oh my god. I guess you gotta do that for the conceit of the movie. You gotta just kind of get swept away and kind of go with it. Right? Yeah, but I wasn't swept away on that. This movie, overall, swept me away. Mm-hmm. But that point did not. I could not... But you have to... It has to be realistic that he would actually fall in love with her. Right? Yeah, he can't get with, like, a two. Yes. FPJ needs to be getting with tens. Or somebody with, like, braids in their hair. And <laughs> just tons of paint on their overalls. She only had a little bit of paint on her overalls. So let's just do like a quick breakdown on Rachel Lee Cook because I'm actually really disappointed that her career never took off more. Me too. Is she in uh, anything else that I've done? So Whitney, you probably know this movie. Mm. Might have resonated with you as a young lady. Babysitter's Club. I actually did not see that. Damn it! Yeah, I read the books. Shit. Sorry, you can cut that. Shit. The only reason I saw that is because I had sisters Uh. in 1995. Yeah, we were dude. just watching that shit like crazy, so I just assumed you had seen it. No. No. God, lady kids, get at us if you've seen Babysitter's Club, because that movie uh, is underrated AF. 
And that's spoken as someone who hasn't seen it since he was in the second grade. <laughs> so maybe if I saw it now in my 30s, I'd feel a little different. But yeah, she came onto the scene hard as fuck in 1995, crushed that movie. And then, dude, just went on a little bit of an awesome run. Remember her from Tom and Huck with JTT? Jonathan yeah, Taylor I Thomas is Becky Thatcher? No, she was I Becky she Thatcher? Was... We're grandfathered in, smoke show. Mind blown. She was probably 15 and a half in that movie, but we're grandfathered in. We were the same age. Smoke show. <laughs> um, she was also in Carpool. Great movie. Uh, you've probably not heard of that. And then the biggest one where her career peaked, Josie and the Pussycats. Now that I did, I do remember her. I that. didn't see that. I have not seen it yet, but I've been told from Megan O, previous guest on this podcast, that that is one of the greatest movies she's ever seen. It still completely translates to 2019. Are and there teens in it? Yeah. Should we watch it? It's like the hardest movie. It's got ties to like Riverdale with like um, Josie and the Pussycats and all that. Mm-hmm. But apparently there's just all this like really high level stuff happening in that movie that's going on that like is really smart and intriguing and it's like a really good film and everyone thinks it's kind of like a joke like teen chick flick but it's not it's like really high quality should we watch is it too highbrow for our pod we're pretty maybe we should do that for the pod because megan's been pushing me to that's been the number one movie that she's been pushing me to watch just in general so maybe we should let's do it yeah let's do it so I'm just upset, though, that she never became bigger because, can I just say, she is insanely good-looking. Yeah, she, unfortunately, I she's on Natalie Portman's corner. I oh, think yeah. Natalie Portman just came in mm-hmm. and just yeah. had a little bit, fat, you know, a little bit faster <sighs> fastball. That's true, dude, because she is in that, she's cut she from that have... same cloth of, like, girl next door. Yeah. Really, it's all in the eyes. Uh-huh. They're both, like, Fuck. small people. Both brunettes with very soulful eyes, and they just kind of like seem smarter than you when you're watching them on screen. Yeah, I thought that kind that. of vibe. Yeah. I think that's the corner. She could have easily been in um, Garden State. Oh, fuck. But sorry, Natalie Portman out Portmander. She totally Portmander, dude. She Portmander. And then all I could think of was when she was in that white paint, the white face paint up on stage. Yeah. She looked like Queen Amidala. From Star Wars with the white oh, paint. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Portman already took it. Yeah, with a little red lipstick just on the middle of her uh-huh. lips. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I feel like uh, Dude, maybe Natalie, Portman, Natalie Portman boxed her out of Hollywood. Natalie Portman has ruined so many potential careers for awesome girl next door lady actresses. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. I think of, there's a couple other... Um, I mean, she's good. What are you going to say? I would say maybe even Sarah Michelle Gellar got a little boxed out by her. She's a little too hot for Girl Next Door vibe, but I could see Natalie Portman boxing her out a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay, let, let's do two more characters. One, Matthew Lillard, a.k.a. Brock Hudson. Uh, hilarious douchebag name, by the way. Yeah. Brock Hudson. Isn't there already like a famous Isn't actor Rock? named Rock Hudson? Yeah. Oh, is that the guy that was potentially like gay back in the day? Yeah, it's Kate Hudson's dad, right? Somebody. Her, Kate Hudson's no. dad. No, Kate Hudson, her mom, Goldie Hawn, wasn't married to Rock Hudson. Her mom was married to... Who was he? Someone famous. Wasn't it Kurt Russell? Yeah, scratch that. That would have been amazing if Goldie Hawn was hooking up with, like, an actor from the 40s. That's an old guy. You're right. You're right. Scratch that. He was gay, though. 
Brock Hudson, um, he, this is back in 1999 when like reality TV, I think people still thought if you were on like the real world or something that that was going to lead to like a movie career or like a big time career in entertainment. So it kind of was nostalgic for me because I thought they nailed it with like, that was classic. Like you just get cast in reality TV on like Survivor in 2000 or the real world. <laughs> and then and you set. just Yeah, you just assume like, oh, I'm good. Like now I'm just going to be like the next fucking like big name actor in a Hollywood like movie career. Yeah, I, I that was definitely the thing. It's like. There's there had been so many so few reality shows back in this day. I think they said he was on Real World season two. Yeah, Real World L.A. <laughs> it's basically if you go on there and you're a character, then you're basically famous. I guess some people have made a career of it, right? With all the like different branch off shows they can do. Now it's different. So what happened was is with reality TV, it, you never became famous from it until Instagram hit in like 2011. And now what everyone has done is like anyone who's famous on The Bachelor. or any of these big reality TV shows is you just get a million followers on Instagram and then you just like fucking pedal like shit for companies like advertising spawn con dude. It's weird. Every once in a while I'll like hear a comedian or something get interviewed and it's almost like a footnote to their history. It never launched them in any way, shape or form. No, but it's like, Oh yeah, I was on like the real world. I was on road rules or something season, whatever. Nobody remembers at all. But it was just like, they did that as a thing. There's, and now they had to completely carve out a different Yeah, career. completely. Like, I think of guys like that. Some some people have made successful careers in podcasting, actually. Like, there's a bunch of Bachelor people, and then I think of Theo Vaughn, who is on The Real World, yeah. who has a really big podcast. So, but guess the way you're not going to do it, and that's like acting in movies and stuff. <laughs> I think the funniest part about him is he was watching his scenes back on The Real World as if they were acting scenes. Like, all oh, fuck, look at this, look at this, I crush it here. And he's like throwing shit. Let's put a clip into that right here of, of Brock Hudson watching one of his real world episodes. Oh, wait, wait, this is where I get sensitive. Um, I guess my real problem in the house is that I was an only child. I don't have a lot of friends. I've never had roommates before, so I don't know how to like you know, deal with everyone. Ugh. No, Baby, can you not do that right now? Look, I'm reading for the new spelling drama at two, and I really, you know, I don't want to smell like your spit. It's like all over, so just stop. Thank you. Watch. This is Watch this. This is why I get Brando on him. Who once went to Watch. there? Very Brando. You do me a favor. Why don't you all just stand in my closet? God! That scene was hilarious. <laughs> just like you know, and they just nailed the like super narcissistic like guy watching himself back on TV and and like what you were saying in '99 when like. There wasn't a million reality TV shows, so he thinks he's famous. Mm-hmm. Okay, last guy, dude. I didn't even. I don't even know his character name. I just wrote down token black guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's a big part of this. I I can't. I have to bring him up because he is so nailed in not another teen movie. So let's actually play a clip of how they describe him in not another teen movie because this is an accurate description of what we saw tonight. In she's all that. Here it is. Sure, why not? I am the token black guy. I'm just supposed to smile, stay out of the conversation, and say things like, damn, shit, and that is whack. 
it's one of those things where I could have watched this movie and not even had that take. Like, I've just been like, oh, yeah, that guy's one of the friends. Like, he's just in the background. But he's basically, Freddie Prince Jr. has two friends, Paul Walker and this other guy. Paul Walker is, like, basically <laughs> one of the main characters. This other guy is just there to basically have a party and just, like, agree with whatever everybody else says. In the first... He has no layers. He serves no purpose. It's... I'm going to go ahead and say it's just racist. Whoa. This movie, she's all that. <laughs> racist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm on board with that take. This So whoever the director is, we can just say racist as fuck? Yeah, well, in 1999, I feel like you like you just had to check a box. <laughs> check. And we need to check the box. When you watch it back, I know we're not going to go super deep into like what sticks and what doesn't stick when you rewatch it this many years back in terms of being uh, in poor taste. But definitely, this is something to point out where you're like, yeah. all right, we need a little diversity in the cast. Okay. We don't have to have him do anything. Yeah, he just no. needs to be there. We should. Let's actually let's let's play that out. Uh, Let's play a hypothetical role play. You're the guy who's like, I'm the director and you're the guy casting for this movie. Okay. All right, man. So you got a list of characters for uh, FPJ. Obviously, we got FPJ in. He's mm-hmm. first and foremost. There's this young guy who I saw in Meet the Deedles. He's like a a uh, blonde, heartthrob. He kind of like Cali kid. His name is it's Paul Walker. He's going to be the oh, friend. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, he's going like, to be the no, friend. I've seen, I've seen his headshot. Fierce um, blue eyes. I like yeah, super out. hot guy, real dynamic. Probably 10, 15 years from now, he's going to be in this like car racing franchise that's going to be like making $500 million worldwide yeah, better, per movie. Better, Something like that. Better be careful in those cars. Okay, so we got the two main lead white guys. So should we say checkbox? Yeah, so um, I got a list. I got a list of characters here. Oh, you think um, he needs a third friend? Yeah, oh, definitely. Just to round out the crew, because nobody hangs out with just two guys, so... Okay. We definitely need a third guy. Okay. Who are you thinking? Um, he's what about, about Paul Rudd? Is Paul Rudd? I saw Paul Rudd was in. Um, he was in Clueless a couple years back. Oh yeah, Paul Rudd him. would be great. Uh, I definitely. Per- have dude, his... perfect. He's twenty five, playing a sixteen year old. That's perfect, right? Yeah. No, I have his number written down. Um, but I'm thinking we go a little different. <laughs> what do you mean? And Rudd? I'm thinking we want like a like a young Denzel type. People love Denzel. You know, but these like, movies we don't put any black people. Oh, uh, well, just Denzel's career is so hot. Uh, we need like a like a mix between like Denzel and Forrest Whitaker for this character. <laughs> just the way that their personalities mesh. He's got the voice and the handsomeness of Denzel, right? And he's got the wisdom and intelligence of a Forrest Whitaker. Mm. Um, but you really okay. Here's the deal. I'm racist as fuck, so you want a black guy, and I don't really want it. <laughs> we just gotta edit this out. I don't even know where I'm going. No, I got just, confused. I got confused the at the very start of the premise. I had no idea where we were. Okay, so yeah, but here's what I will say. It was hilarious because he did match up with how Not Another Teen Movie makes fun of them putting a token black guy in because the first line he said in this was just, Bullshit! Yeah. He yells bullshit. Um, Okay, let's talk in his favor, though. Intern Whitney loves him. Mm -hmm. He was also in Psych and an episode of Smart Guy. Love Smart Guy. Taj Mari. I did love Smart Guy. Love Smart Guy. And he, he tap danced, and I fell in love. 
So yeah, so I'm a bi- I'm a big fan. I'm glad they put him in the film, whether he was token or not. So that was surprising to me that you were turned totally up on him just because he can tap. It goes back to <laughs> I don't know. I'm a sucker for a guy in tap shoes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm thinking if I'm a if I'm like a girl, I'm not like looking at a guy just crushing like tap dance and being like, man, yeah, love it. Tap dance. I, I don't know. It's it's. It's a weird turn on, but it's definitely one of those. It's kind of like a masculine dance, I'd say. You can be smooth and it's. I don't know. I'm just impressed. So, how do you feel about like if you see like a break dancer? Do you get just as turned on, or is it only with like tap dancing guys? No, break dancing is cool too. I, I mean, obviously, I like talent. So here. Pat maybe should do a little more. You should, I would encourage you to take up tap before the break dancing. Yeah. Okay. I Better agree. longevity. I do have tap shoes. Well, there so, you go. There you go. Yeah, I can't explain it. You just like what about like. so like when you're watching that movie, you got served. Are you like at a thirty out of ten the whole time? The, the Channing Tatum. No, um, that's Which step you, up. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm confused. Wrong dance movie. We you should do a series served. of all the dance moves. I don't know. What you about, got what It's essentially just breakdance dance groups just battling each other. Picture me yeah, tap dancing that... in a pool by myself. Yeah. Where, like an empty pool. I'm tap dancing. Oh, yeah. Nobody else is around. I'm just working on my stuff. Oh, Probably have a yeah. pre-cut sleeveless on. Sweating profusely. Where, where does that take you? In a, inside of a pool? Yeah, yeah like, like, a, like an emptied out pool. Yeah, like, like down in the deep end. Because he's not dancing. rich. He's, he's like, he's from the wrong side of the tracks, but he just loves to tap. So like he found an abandoned, not filled pool and he just went in there and he's getting all sweaty like tap dancing to like become the best tap dancer in LA just... <laughs> I'm just not understanding the pool but I would say like maybe like high school gym lights turned out single pin light no, on you. no I'm in a pool no that's <laughs> okay. not no okay. that's not the single pin okay. light is fine yeah I don't mind that at it's all. gonna be hard to see you from too far away if you're down in the pit of a pool okay let Whitney let me paint this scene for you. <laughs> Pat's like... at an he's at a motel uh, <laughs> like complex in a shitty part of town mm-hmm. you're a really rich girl living in LA Let's say you're both 17 and a half. That's Where right. are we going with? Is this in my missing no, something? No, look, no. You're 17 and a half. You're rich as fuck living in LA. Pat is poor. Other side of the tracks. <laughs> he found an abandoned Motel 6 pool. And you're driving through that part of town and you see this kid in there. Like tap dancing, getting all sweaty. You, Where are you at? Out of when 10. When you see that. <laughs> where are you? Out of 10. I guess I'm out of 10. If I can see him in this pool. There you go. All right. So now Whitney loves we tap know. Dancing. To bring it back, Whitney loves tap, and she's the fan of the token black guy. <laughs> um, okay. Are you ready to get into the actual movie, Character Breakdown Over? I think we should. Yeah. Um, first scene of this movie is FPJ pulling up his ride. And I... Was it a Jeep? Yeah, he's got a top, yellow Jeep. Yellow, yellow Jeep, Jeep Wrangler. Top... Nowhere to be seen. Down as heck. Off. And uh, he pulls up, and the first thing I noticed was 1999 FPJ cool guy attire. Well, I thought the first thing you noticed was his license plate that said Mr. Prez as he parked in his senior year president. Yeah, that's tough. Parking spot. That's a tough look. So we thinking after he was voted school president, 
He then went to the BMV. I guess. Stood in line for four and a half hours. Paid the extra $35. It's probably more than that in LA. Yeah, you guarantee you're right. He paid $167 to get his license plate changed from XQZY449 to Mr. Prez. Seems not worth it. That Um, seems not worth it. Now I'm starting to rethink this movie. Like, we're supposed to buy him as the cool guy. Like, in high school, he's so cool that he basically ends the school. I'm not thinking so. That's a nerd move. (laughs) nerd move. That's a nerd move, dude. Um, So, I guess we're going to have to kind of continue this discussion under the assumption that he is secretly a huge nerd. Well, maybe that's why him and Rachel Lee Cook. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. It's kind of like what they're doing in, in One Tree Hill with Lucas and Peyton, where it's like, he's kind of a nerd. And he's into like hipster things and he loves to read and all this stuff. And like Peyton does too. And that's why they're into each other. Ah, Okay. So like in this Freddie Prince Jr. on the surface level, he's like a cool guy. Um, Lainey on the surface is kind of like, you know, she's an outcast, kind of a loser. And so they're connecting underneath that surface because in all reality, Freddie Prince Jr. in this movie is the biggest fucking loser in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. He's definitely a loser, um, but he is wearing... Underneath it all. Underneath. Underneath the cool guy attire that he's wearing, which consists of super 90s jeans, um, sideburns that are dangerously close to just going like an inch and a half below his earlobes where they stop. Once again, 99. That's cool. I know that's That's happening. service level cool stuff. But what I will say that did shock me was the shoes. And I know in turn Whitney also commented on the shoes. What was he wearing? Like a low, weird black loafers with jeans? They look like slacks. They look like the shoes you'd wear with a suit. Like shiny black, like either slip on or nice black shoes just with casual jeans. Blue jeans. But I know that was happening because I was telling you I was recently looking up posters of Beverly Hills 90210 for inspiration for our Instagram. Nice. And all the cool dudes are wearing that same outfit. Should we bring it back? No. No, because those shoes are so fucking lame. I had to ask. Well, I'm glad you asked, but I wish you wouldn't because we're not <laughs> doing it. So yeah, that's what he's wearing. First scene, um, but that's when we, we get the first look of like, this guy, he's the man. He's, he is the king of the school. Um, By the way, throughout, like we've done this, and I'm sure we might talk about him at a certain point. One of my favorite things of this movie is Usher, the cameo of Usher weaved in as the school announcer slash DJ. There's some weird cameos in this movie. He like so it, so he he reads the announcements over the PA for the school, except he's basically always working. He's like always just up in this room by himself. We never see him doing anything else, and he just kind of talks about everybody's drama <laughs> through the PA system in a really smooth, cool voice. So, I wrote down four cameos in this movie. I will talk about Usher in a second because that's the one that makes the least amount of sense. So, here's the four that I I noticed. Usher, Lil' Kim. makes she in? She makes cameo at Spring Break, at that Spring Break scene. Oh, hell yeah. That one was real tiny. SMG makes one. Just sitting at the lunch table. That was another classic, just like one quick, like four second Quick little cameo, SMG, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Get her in there. We all know her and Freddie Prince. And then the last one was, I guess it's not a cameo, but I just wrote it down as a cameo, Gabrielle Union. 
<laughs> yeah, she's just a character. Yeah, this is just her before she was famous. Usher, I don't understand. I don't know what what is that job. I don't know. Does he is any employee at the school? Is this like an extracurricular activity, and he's a student? That's what I wasn't. I was unclear. Like, is this a part time job? Like, he comes in once a week and does the weekly school announcements on the PA at like 9am but really he's working as like you know a software engineer at a budding like you know the internet's like coming alive here in 99 so he's oh, working like startup out in California he's working at like a startup in California but he's kind of got like this uber like side hustle of PA guy at that local Beverly Hills high school maybe I don't know here there's two things I know for sure the first one is it doesn't make any sense at all the second one is it totally works for me. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's the right right kind of cameo for you. Um, when another thing, speaking of people just pulling into the parking lot of the school, right after we see Mr. Prez pull up in his yellow Jeep, Lainey's dad drops her off and there's just one quick thing I noticed. It was very subtle. His I guess his company, he's a pool guy. And his company and is written on the side of his car, Dr. Pool. Like somebody has crossed out the L and it just says Dr. Pooh. You're really sitting on that one. Yeah. I, I had to bring it up because it was, it was good. I didn't notice that. That is classic high school prank stuff, dude. Yeah. I wish there was more. High school pranks like that happening, I'm crying. I don't know why I didn't notice that. And that it was, was so such hilarious. a small part of the show that <laughs> my mind immediately went to like whatever person on set, like the set designer or whatever, was just like, all right, all right. Uh, it's good. The truck's good. It's beat up. It lets you know that he's, you know, working for a living, whatever. It's cross that thought out. So the, the wild thing to me in this, in like, late 90s, early 2000s was the lack of money slash poor shaming that happens in all these TV show and movies. Like, if you're poor, fuck you. You are so fucked. Like, it's the, it's the worst. A lot of poor shaming. Yeah, like, god damn, is there a lot of poor shaming. Is that geographic? Like, is that just in California? Because I, I don't... I don't know. I couldn't... There's no way of... Like, you knew in high school, you knew... Certain people had, like, big houses and stuff. But other than that, like, I had no gauge of who was rich and who was poor. You're essentially and treated there was definitely, like a leper. Yeah, there was definitely no social hierarchy built around who, whose parents had a lot of cash. I, I never gave a fuck. Yeah. Like, I never, if, never if registered. anything, that might have been, like, something that somebody would have had to overcome. And the other thing is, like, he's not even, their, Laney's family is not even that poor. Like we were talking about, if poor is you have a full, badass, sweet in-ground pool in your backyard. In the hills of California, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. You must be fantastic at cleaning pools. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking he's like probably, he probably owns that company. Everyone in California has pools, so he's probably constantly got work and stuff. If you own your own business, he's got to be making what? Like at least, I don't know. Can we say six figures, or is that aggressive? I don't know. I feel like he's got tons of cash. 
Yeah. So, and either way, cashing out for the house. I don't know. Maybe he inherited. It. Who knows? Whatever. But a massive He's got a sweet house. A There's massive a perk house. is that you can build your own fucking pool. So if you buy that house for whatever price, you're at least making an additional like fifty grand on it. Because you're throwing the pool in. Yeah. We've actually had this discussion before. Would you buy a house with a pool? Like in your mind, no. I was gonna no. say in your mind, does that add or subtract value from like a potential house? I like. We're currently looking at our next house right now, myself and Anna from HR, uh-huh. and it's light looking, like we have no idea when it could actually happen, but she's always like, sees one with a pool, and then she goes like, oh, look at this, and I I immediately go, fuck no, because yeah. I've heard it's a shit ton of upkeep, and it's just, it's not worth it. Oh, yeah. I, I waffle back and forth. I've been in the camp of definitely no, and then I've just, every summer when it gets so hot, I'm like, ooh, I would really like that pool. I, I think that, mind, I don't even mind skimming it every day. I'll skim it. So there's three things I think of when I think of things that sound so awesome on paper, but then in reality you realize that they're just better if one of your good friends has and you don't actually have. Three things. One, pool. If your friend has one, perfect. If you have one, an insane amount of upkeep and maintenance and money that goes into that. Boat? Two, boats. Yes. Three, a puppy. Puppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Puppy oh. is like perfect for like, oh my god, my friend just got a puppy. You bring it over, you get to hang out, pet the puppy, and just like mix it up, and it's the best. They're the cutest things ever. But guess what you don't want to do? Take Go up. back and live with that puppy and have to wake up three times a night to let it out to pee. It's chewing up everything in your fucking house. It's got constant energy, and it's just like honestly shitting everywhere on everything cool that you own that you don't want it to be <laughs> shitting, shitting on. all your cool stuff. Yeah. I'm going to add another one to the list. And this is just one thing that I would love to own, but I have no interest in any of the maintenance or upkeep with it. A big fish tank. Oh, yeah. Like having a big, sweet fish yeah. tank. But I have no idea how to care for fish. The whole thing seems like an exhausting hassle. I would just like to look at that fish tank. Yeah, the only thing that I could think of is because that body of water is so small and contained, it's it's more manageable. So I like it on the list, but I think it's like it's got an asterisk on our list. Oh no, it's not. I won't put it on your list. Your list is perfect. And I honestly put it in the category. It just reminded me. I want a fish tank, but I don't want a fish tank. Yeah, I would put a fish tank in the same category as like a hot tub. Like it is maintenance. And it's upkeep, but that body of water is contained, not like a pool, which is huge. Lot of square footage. Also contained body of water, but that's semantics. We won't get into it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's get into I. I want to do a side character breakdown because I got my MCITW baked in here, and I want to play a little game with you. I am going to give you three side characters because one of these three this week is winning the MCITW Marissa Cooper is the worst. Is it on me to try to guess? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you three options. She's all that side characters that I fucking hated. Easy. One, Anna Paquin, a.k.a. FPJ's younger sister. Okay. She does absolutely zero for me, and I hate the fuck out of her in anything that she's in as an actress. I put her in a very similar category as um, Peggy from Mad Men. Who's that actress? Uh, I will not go. I, that You're on your own on this one. 
I do not agree with that. You like Peggy? I love Peggy. She has no charisma for me. Peggy is a great actress, dude. Anna Paquin is not. I know she's in True Blood and there's a lot of True Blood fans out there, but like, I strongly disagree with her having like any acting chops. I can't tell who's a good actor and who's not a good actor. I just know for some reason. So her... you're just going on like looks wise? No, it's not a looks thing. It's just that they don't, there's, it's a charisma thing. Okay. I'm, look, I fucking hate her, so I'm fine with you saying she has no charisma. I'm fine with that. Let me give the rest of these guys though. The fucking friend of Lainey Boggs, the nerd friend of Lainey Boggs, who makes zero sense to me because I'm pretty positive that that human being does not exist in real life unless he is aggressively in love and trying to have sex with Lainey Boggs. Yeah, that guy, that's a strange character. I don't, it's almost like they wanted to, they had to have some kind of a friend for her to balance her out and just having that guy in there as a dude made more sense than having like a girlfriend, I guess. But then why isn't he trying to, why is, why did it never come out in that movie that he was secretly in love with her? It would have been a more interesting movie, I'll tell you that much. The, the Or that he's gay. The, the fact that he's not secretly in love with her or gay made no sense to me with that I, character. I think I kind of just assumed that he was gay. Yeah, and I think did. <laughs> it, I, I think yeah. in 1999, do you think maybe that just is kind of like it? I'm trying to think I don't that. Know. I don't know. Because, the, well, the, the, the line that made me think that he was gay, and this might be the only line, is he was like trying to talk sense into Lainey because she didn't want to go out with Freddie Prince Jr. when he was pursuing her. And he goes, are you crazy? Listen, you got the hottest guy in school stalking you, and you're not going to go out with him? And I was just like, oh, I, hottest, I guess he's yeah. gay. Sucking dick. So you suck on all deck. This is just a weird one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, I the only thing I could think of, like we'll, we'll go ahead and okay, let's let's. So he's the second guy, Do, f- because let me let me give you the third guy. Okay. Because then I've I, I forgot you, about yeah. the game. There's a third guy. Sure. Third guy, Kieran Calkin, Macaulay uh, Calkin's brother, aka Laney Boggs' younger brother, has hearing aids. The hearing aids on Kieran Calkin made the least amount of sense to me in the world. Why does he have hearing aids? Well, I'm assuming because he can't hear well. But it's never mentioned. <laughs> it, like the, to me, that the the way that the director was playing that was because he's hearing impaired. That's why he's a nerd. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, he we'll go into it, but he has this classic scene where he gets bullied, and um, to me, it's like, why is he getting bullied? Is it just because he has hearing aids? I don't know. I I feel like he wouldn't be the target of bullying. He's got too much um, confidence. A lot of confidence for a nerd, so that's why I was saying like it. He has to be getting bullied strictly because he's hearing impaired, and if that's the case, fuck this school. That was (laughs) Jesus Christ. That was some classic nerd on nerd crime. We talked about a little bit in that bullying. Yeah, we'll get to that. Hate to see that happen. We will get to that. Okay, so those are the three. You got Anna Paquin, FPJ's younger sister. You got the friend of Lainey Boggs. We're not sure if he's gay or in love with her. They never mention it. Then you got Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother, who is hearing impaired. Okay. Um, so I don't think it's Anna Paquin because she's not in it that much. And I don't think it's Lainey's friend who, by the way, quick sidebar, looks and reminds me a lot of Landry. Like Landry could have just yeah. played that guy. That's when Landry from Friday Night Lights goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going her younger brother. Played by Kieran Culkin. 
for you to give the award to? Drum roll. Incorrect. Dang it. This week, the MCITW, that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week, brought to you by Wicklow Wear, W-I-C-K-L-O-W, Wear, be free and explore, get all your art to get WicklowWear.com, type in the promo code VL, check out, get 10% off of your order, VL swag, we got them right now, $30 on the baseball tee, $20 on the black tank, get out as kids, Instagram, slide into our DMs, real soft and smooth. It goes to... Fucking Laney's friend. Landry? AKA Kroger brand Landry. He fucking sucks. I hate him. The fact that he's not sucking a little dick annoyed the shit out of me. He's gotta be gay or make him madly in love with Laney. And the main reason I'm giving this to him though, honestly, it's that, but it's also, he's fucking Fulton, dude. That's fucking Fulton. What? From Mighty Ducks? Yes. I mean, has an actor ever fallen from grace harder than fucking him being Fulton in D1, D2, D3, to now being Laney's may or may not be gay best friend? First of all, just to get the gay or not gay thing on the table, just to, to tie a button on that, tie a bow on I don't that. care if he's gay, just make him gay. That's what I'm saying. I, I can't figure out if... To your point, if he's straight, it would be a better movie choice for him to also be in love with her yes. and be feeling like, shit, I just, like, now this cool guy's swooping in and, like, they have to figure yeah. that out. Maybe they just didn't have time to figure that out. The other one is, I wonder if he was just late 90s gay, where it's like, he's got this quality. Right, in the closet. But, yeah, but it's like, the, the 90s were like a time where you couldn't really come out. Now I'm trying to think of other movies. I don't know. Because but... now it would just be natural and totally cool for him to be gay. But I feel like in this, you can't like say that and make a weird statement. Or I'm way off on that. Who knows? I Let's... can't remember other movies. Who knows? Movies. Let's not get too woke. Let's not too... get too woke with what's happening in 99. With like what, you know, if, if it's PC or not to have like one of your main characters in the show be in the closet gay or not. Right. But what we will say is regardless of his sexual orientation, the fact that he was Fulton and crushing that hard and a hero of mine growing up and he became, I mean, he's got the fastest slap shot, the hardest, fastest slap shot in like all of Minnesota, dude, in 1992 through 97. And then two years later, he's fucking just in this high school blowing ass. If... He was Fulton in the early 90s, and in the late 90s, he played this weird character. Are we just assuming he's dead now? Probably. Like, that's the trajectory of how downhill. Yeah, he's probably dead. That's probably true. So with that, Fulton. R.I.P. R.I.P. And Be Free and Explore. Brought to you by Wicklow Wear. Moving on. R.I.P. Fulton. Um, Okay, are you ready to... Let's get a song in here. Because there are some real iconic songs in this movie. You talking about the most famous song from this movie, Kiss Me by Six Tenths and the Richie? Oh yeah. Do it. Kiss me. This is Laney coming down the stairs for their first like official date date, going out to a party, wearing a red dress. 
made over by Anna Paquin, who, intern Whitney pointed out, gave her a full-on chop-job haircut. Yeah. Cut about five or six inches off of her hair. I wish intern Whitney hadn't left, because I did have a question about that, but go on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, she comes down the <laughs> stairs. Um, I would say she's looking super hot, but she's looking just as hot as she did in like the first scene, which is 10. Yeah, she's still, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's like it's the, like the makeover didn't really happen. It's just because she's been beautiful the whole time. She essentially, but now she's beautiful in a red dress to this music, so it's like kind of cinematic. Yeah, she's remained at a ten, and before she was in overalls, and now she's in a different outfit. Yeah, but so yeah, she changed still outfits, looks like a 10. still good looking. Anyways, yeah, this is this is the goose into a swan. What do they say? Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Mallard, she turned into mallard a swan. into a. She a, turned a into a fucking swan. Yes. She's a swan. She looks so good. And I actually, I do love this scene um, because there is like a nice little moment in this where she trips a little bit at the end of the staircase. Yeah. That was a perfect little like, oh, she slips because even though she looks like this attractive and this good, and now she, we can all say she's in the cool crowd. She's, uh, still, she's still a little Laney Boggs. She's got a little Boggs in her. She's still got a little You know she improv that trip, did you? What? Yeah, she made that up. <laughs> That's a fun fact that we've just made up here yeah. on the spot. Um, that is a fun fact. By the way, and, He catches her in that, too. And I wish uh, intern Whitney was still here so I could lay this take out for her and have her actually give us a good answer, but we'll just go ahead and uh, bullshit our way through it. Okay. Like usual. Yeah. Intern like, Winnie is so not getting paid this week. Definitely not. <laughs> <Should> <laughs> Just we like steal? every other. We should week. probably steal some money from her. Actually, <laughs> yeah. This she no, we don't pay her still, but maybe this week we actually take money out of her yeah, checking account <laughs> to pay for the four dollar Amazon fee. <laughs> for, she's all that. Yeah, yeah, that's coming out of her fund. <laughs> um, anyways, so this happens a lot in movies, and it's just I've never done it. I've never heard of anybody else doing it, but I feel like every other movie this happens where a guy buys a woman a dress yeah, and she wears it. Yeah, that's tough. Would you ever do that? I think Anna from HR would be horribly disappointed and pissed <laughs> off if I like just went rogue and was like, oh, I know what, what dresses ladies love. I'm going to buy this. And yeah, that's She right. would be mortified. It's like I'm gonna take you out. I know it's a it's weird on two levels. The first level is it's like a little offensive in saying like I know you, you have shitty clothes. You so. can't pick out your own clothes. Yeah, like bitch. you've got all <laughs> shitty clothes, and we're going to a nice place tonight. So here, open this little box. I got you a little number because I know your exact size and I know how you like clothes to fit on you. So that dress is yours. You can wear that and only that, and then let's fucking roll. <laughs> The other thing is, I feel like I have just such poor judgment and taste on what what would actually oh, be good. Like, I, I good am an dress? idiot. Like I, to me, picking out girls' clothes would be similar to when I was picking out an engagement ring. Like <laughs> yeah. you, you're just a fish out of water. You have no idea what's cool. All I know is, like, when I see a girl who like looks really good, I can just say, she looks really good. I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't really know if it's like. The uh, I don't know if it's the top or the bottom. Like I don't know if it's the combination. You're a full I, picture guy. Yeah, I just I'll look at whatever the end result is and then make a judgment on where we're at. I'm but, gonna start doing this. I'm gonna if I see like like a girl in an outfit that looks really good, I'm gonna ask her like, "Where'd you get that? Like, wh where is that from?" Oh shit! Yeah. And then like, 
and then I'll buy that for intern Whitney. Oh, and make yeah. her wear it. That's a good idea. I also think about this of like another thing I would never do with the in relation to this dress buying, you know, insane behavior is order for a lady at a restaurant. Right. I would never have the gall. Because, yeah, to your point, it's a big fuck you. Like, what? She can't order her own meal? And then also... You <laughs> go out on a date, the girl can't dress herself, so you buy her a dress, and she doesn't know what food she yeah. wants. So you order for her. Yeah. So <laughs> she just, very show you just carry her out the door. Yeah. Because <laughs> she can't walk. Yeah. All right, we're leaving. Let's go. Hoist her up. I mean, I wouldn't want that pressure. I'd fuck up the dress for sure, and I'd definitely fuck up the food order. I know that, like, I'd offer up, like, five things, like, oh, you know what? She's going to have the steak tartare tonight. Okay. Cocktail servant, can you get that down? <laughs> write it down. She's going to have the steak tartare. Make sure just... <laughs> you write it down. <laughs> Make sure you write it down, bitch. I guarantee I'd fuck that up, and she'd go, oh, but act- mm, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. I was going to have the salmon tonight, so I just had, I had a hankering for salmon all day. This place is known for their fish. And, like, I really don't want steak with the tartare. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. but Steak tartare? Yeah. No, no it's, a, it's, a, it's a massive fuck you by FPJ. That dress giving scene. Can we say that? Yeah, but yeah. it's not just this movie. It happens in a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. I would say if any kids out there, if they're either A, would be into that, have done it, or have had it done to them. Right into us. Just give us some context in this. Yeah. Uh, okay. There was one thing I did want to do. Um, I know this is stealing from the Rewatchables podcast, but I really just want to bring it up because there was some insane overacting by a couple small characters in this movie. Okay. So, Bill Simmons on the Rewatchables podcast, they do this thing called the Dion Waiters Award, where they essentially... Dion Waiters is a basketball player who has an insane amount of confidence. He's not a starter usually. He's like usually coming off the bench and just he gets in there and he just takes like 30 shots in five minutes and then leaves the game. Cool. And sometimes he just gets hot as fuck and other times he just sucks ass. But this award, the Dion Waiters Award, is to the guy who just comes in and just fucking throwing heat. So so we're just going to steal that bit? We're just going to completely steal that bit because there was some... I'm totally in. Insanely obvious ones in this movie, and I just... I would be so remiss if I didn't <laughs> say them. Okay, here's here's the options. You give your winner again out of these three options. Is this, just to clear it up again, is this my winner? Is this who I no, think No, on this one, you win. just give your winner, and okay. I'll, I'll give my winner. Perfect. So you got Brock Hudson, mm-hmm. who came in just throwing flames in any scene he's in he's maybe in like four or five scenes and whenever he's in a scene he is just overacting at a 47 <laughs> like full-on dance he's got a whole dance scene he has an entire dance scene where he i, I was loving that he dance comes scene into a party and he's just he's climbing on couches humping people's faces <laughs> yeah he's humping everyone's face so him you have the friend of Taylor, Taylor Vaughn's like main lackey friend, mm-hmm. the, the the cool popular girl. Here's a couple clips of things she said. So what about you, Lainey? No, um, I don't think so. Is your name Lainey? No, thank God. No offense. None taken. It's just I've seen you in gym class. You run like a girl. 
I am a girl. Uh, you know what I mean. Obviously, I don't. Well, this should be interesting. You shut up? What? Even if they are broken up, if Zach shows up with her, Taylor's gonna shift frisbees. She's mean as hell. She is. Who's more mean, her or Taylor? They're both pretty mean. God damn. She is ruthless, dude. She is like... And she, both her and Taylor are always doing the mean stuff to the to Lainey's face, too. Yeah. It's never behind... I feel like that was a little unrealistic. I think cool people in high school are doing more of the mean stuff behind the back. Maybe. Versus to the face. Um, and then the last one is Lainey's dad. Pool man. Kevin Pollock. He's good. He's, I just uh, like him as an actor and as a person, so I was excited to see all of his lines. He is just always coming. He's he's always talking about Jeopardy. He essentially he watched Je- he watches Jeopardy and he cleans pools. That's his <laughs> only role as Lainey's dad in this movie. And always wears a hat. And always wears a hat. So of those three, can I throw in one more option? Yeah. And this is one we discussed while we were watching it. It's the rich girl from art class. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I um, like, yeah, I agree with that. We see her at the party where she's drunk and thrown up in the bathroom, and we also have another scene with her, like, in art class. She might pop up a time or two. Yeah. So those four, who who you got winning the award? Of those four, um, I'm going to go with the one that I brought up. The art girl? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I, Did I, you I, see that coming? Me, no. Me picking the only <laughs> yeah. one that I... <laughs> I don't begrudge you for that. I, I think that girl was... She was in two total scenes, the, and she was One of just... the very first scenes of the entire movie is Lainey painting, and this girl comes up to her, and she's like, hey, I was having a conversation while I was in Spain about you, and we were talking about how, like, you know, some people get famous posthumously because of... Their art gets more expensive after they die. And we thought maybe you were like that and you should probably just kill yourself. Yeah, that one. That That's was, like, that was, come, she's yeah. coming in hot. One of the first lines yeah. of the entire movie. And that was <laughs> fucking outrageous. So <laughs> I, I like that winner if we're going just she's got the fewest scenes and she just delivers at a 10 when she is fucking in those two scenes i i will give it her that the other one and this might be just because i wanted to talk about her so i I gave her the award but ah fuck i'm waffling now because fucking rock hudson or brock hudson lights up the screen he almost steals the movie that's mine that's yours okay i'll let you i'll let you have that i I got to because he single-handedly in that real-world clip we already played, and then in this dance scene, I'm just gonna play a little bit of the music in the dance scene. Here it is. Dude, he is just, he is like acting as Jim Carrey was in the 90s in any movie he was in. Like, he is on a Jim Carrey level in like um, Ace Ventura, Me, Myself, and Irene, The Cable Guy, Liar, Liar. Like, I just think of classic Jim Carrey. Brock Hudson, aka Matthew Lillard, is a classic Kroger brand Jim Carrey. And maybe has a little of Rachel Lee Cook with Natalie Portman situation like Jim Carrey in the 90s just owned that corner and there was nowhere left for Matthew Lillard to go. Maybe so. So that's why I gave it to him. Um, 
Okay. While we're while we're just because we we were just talking about that party or whatever where the your artsy girl like started throwing up in the bathroom mm-hmm. classic blacked out girl to party. Um, there is a clip in this because again these mean girls are so mean to like Lainey's face all the time. Yeah, <laughs> we have not played a clip of Taylor yet. The main popular girl. She's uh, Zach, aka. FPJ's main girlfriend dating Brock now. Let's go play a clip of her at that party because this is also an iconic scene of fucking crushing Lainey in front of all the popular kids at, at um, the party with the wine glass. So your dad my pool man? I really wouldn't know. Oopsie. Oh. Oh. You really should be more careful with silk. Thank you. Excuse me? Thank you. For a minute there, I forgot why I avoided places like this and people like you. Avoided us? Honey, look around you. To everyone here who matters, you're vapor. You're spam. A waste of perfectly good yearbook space. Nothing's gonna change that. You're not gonna cry, are you? She said something really mean and then just essentially poured wine down her dress. Yeah, and we pointed this out as we were watching it, but the DJ was really on point with the record scratch here. Oh, yeah. Just as soon as she started talking to her, fucking... <laughs> party silent. Totally. Totally. It was It was like the, the DJ is just like analyzing every single conversation at yeah, the party. He's like analyzing everybody's body language 20, 25 feet away, just like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like fucking spot on DJ. You think that was Usher? He's also moonlighting at these parties? Guaranteed. He never stops working. Another another random scene that um, jumped out at me. Classic nerd bullying in the cafeteria. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> that was nerd on nerd bullying. It's like the second lowest rung on the pecking order goes after the lowest rung on the pecking order for no reason. It, dude, we really saw the fucking high school cool food chain like come to life there. Oh, yeah. No, I think that was a good... We saw that in Friday Night Lights with Riggins. Yeah. It's, uh, I think maybe that's a, a thing that happens in real life, but it's definitely a thing in these teen movies where somebody who's low, to represent them being super low, just gets ripped on by somebody slightly above them in the cool scale. Yeah. Like, like in Friday Night Lights, it was Lila Garrity at her low, and she just starts getting made fun of by these nerds. Yeah. And to represent how uncool Lanny's little brother was, he starts getting made fun of by, was that Shermanator? Yeah. From so, American Pie? So you've got Lanny's brother, who's at the lowest end of the food chain, solely because he's got hearing aids. Completely wild to us, but because he's hearing impaired, he is the lowest. We're going to call him Bunny Rabbit. Bunny Rabbit. He is a bunny rabbit at the lowest end of the cool food chain. Next up, you've got Shermanator in this cafeteria scene. We call him Shermanator because I think he acted in American Pie, Van Wilder, and then She's All That, and has not acted since. Yikes. Shermanator is the loser in American Pie, but in She's All That, he's one rung above the hearing impaired kid. Mm-hmm. He will call him some kind of a weasel or some kind of a creature that could potentially... No, let's just call him a gazelle. Because okay. we only have one higher level. <laughs> so he's a gazelle. <laughs> So the gazelle is just fucking the rabbit up. He's fucking the hearing. With his hooves. 
the the gazelle is fucking the hearing impaired jackrabbit up in the fields in the high school cafeteria fields yep okay and then what happens is fucking FPJ walks in, dude. FPJ, dude. FPJ walks in and he is a fucking lion. Yeah, he is. And he comes in and he's like, "Look, jackrabbits, hearing impaired jackrabbits. I don't fuck with them. No, I don't fuck with them. These guys are too small. I don't mess around with it. Especially if that rabbit's hearing impaired, I just kind of feel bad. And especially if I'm trying to get with that rabbit's sister. Yeah, if I'm trying to fuck that rabbit's." Sister who's not hearing impaired and who just looks really good in overalls with paint on them mm-hmm. and glasses on that rabbit. Mm-hmm. Sister, fuck that gazelle. Fuck you, Shermanator. The nerd bullying that Shermanator does in this, I didn't understand this. I've never seen this in high school. Reaching into your own pants and just pulling out your own pubes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a weird move. He's clearly not good at bullying. That's why he's a second rung nerd. Yeah, I mean, God, dude, FPJ would never bully that way on nerds. Yeah, but basically, FPJ comes in, he's basically like, get away from my friend, and he makes the nerd eat his own pubes. Yeah, the Shermanator pulled out his own red fucking fire crotch pubes, put them on a piece of pizza, and then was going to make the hearing impaired rabbit eat those pube pizza, and then FPJ came in as the fucking lion that he is, and he's like, hey, fuck you, Shermanator, eat your own red pubes, bitch. Here's a would you rather. Okay. Would you be like in a movie as an actor with all that goes with it? Like, you know, you're in Hollywood, you're famous, you get paid like a nice salary for being in a movie. However, your only scene in that movie is you eat pubes off a of pizza. Mm. I mean, what, what do we, what do we say? They're your pubes. They're prop pubes, but like, so I didn't have to actually rip off my own pubes and eat them. No, they're props. How much am I making? Oh, uh, I mean, you're only you're only there for a day shooting. Um, you're probably making like you know twenty five k for one day shoot. Eat mm-hmm. my own pubes. Yeah, and you're also in a movie. But you're in that movie eating your own pubes. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. Cool. I mean, dude, what do I gotta lose? I'm Shermanator. By the way, we should we should totally do a nature podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling like that we could really lock in with some knowledge there. Okay, let's get back to the plot of this show. Um, There's a clip I want to put in because I thought Rachel Lee Cook showed some serious chops in this clip when she finds out that it's all a big bet that FPJ and Paul Walker have had. To, like, hook up with her and stuff. Right. All right, Zach, enough's enough. This isn't cool anymore. I like this girl, and you got to stop this whole bet thing. Bet? Yeah, it was so stupid, Lainey. Look, Zach said he can make any girl prom queen. And you were the one picked, so he thinks that if he takes you to the prom, it'll help you win. Is that true? Am I a bet? Am I a bet? Am I a fucking bet? Yes. What would you do if you were in Lainey Boggs' position here? You literally have gone from zero to hero in the span of, you know, two weeks because someone showed up at your front door, cut your hair three inches, made you take off, well, essentially just made you wash the overalls because she's still wearing them so you no longer have paint on those overalls and they removed your glasses and now you're a hero. 
and then you find out that the most popular guy in the school who's been giving you attention, making you laugh, and trying to, you know, hook up with you is, like, only doing it for a bet. Um, here's the thing. I'd probably, reversing myself in that situation, I'd probably be pretty embarrassed and hurt. But then as soon as that girl told me, like, the popular girl who just went out with me for, like, the bet told me that she actually Why had... are you putting yourself... Why are you making yourself a guy? I asked you to be Lanny Box. I can't be Lanny Box. <laughs> She's Lanny Box. Dude, I want you to think about FPJ. You're Lanny thinking about FPJ. Well, then I'll give you the same answer, except okay, just do I'll, it. Be, yeah. I'll be her. Do that. All I would fucking need <laughs> is for him to say, I'm sorry, I actually have feelings for you. And then I'd be like, sick. All's forgiven. <laughs> oh, dude, totally. Actually, this <laughs> I just, first I'd be a little hurt and mad, but then as soon as I heard, I actually I feel I'd be fucking in. This reminds me of every single episode of Catfish on MTV. Now that I think about it, in terms of how this would go, <laughs> this is how it goes on Catfish every single episode. Once the the person, how many episodes of Catfish have you seen? Oh, we're on like season seven. Is it good? Oh, I love Catfish. Should I check it out? Yeah, I love Catfish. Okay. You gotta watch, actually, just watch the Catfish movie. How the TV show started, it was actually the main guy who's now been the host for the last seven years or whatever, he got catfished. He was talking to this girl, like, online, and this girl was, like, a smoke show, 10 out of 10 model. And, like, so there weren't iPhones and smartphones and all that, so if you didn't see her face, it wasn't, like, that abnormal. And in the movie, he's talking to this girl, and he starts having his brother film it because he's like, I don't know if this girl's real, dude. Like, I've tried to meet up with her, like, drive to meet up with her. She lives in New York, too, and she never will meet up with me. And, like, then he started doing all this, like, internet research trying to, like, find out who she was online and, like, like being a sleuth with it and stuff. And he was finding out, like, she says she's a musician, but the music that she's sending me, I, like, found the same exact music on YouTube and it seems like she's using clips of other artists and saying it's her own. I think there's more lies. And he goes on this whole like thing to find out who this girl really is that he's like in love with. And so I would recommend you watch that movie. I'll watch the heck out awesome. of it. Awesome. Anyways, now because of that movie, he's got a TV show and he's on season seven of just getting all these other catfishes. And how it always goes is when someone's getting catfished. You know, it's a nerdy guy sitting in his room. He's got Cheeto dust on his fucking shirt at all times, usually. and uh, Or an all-American uh, Notre Dame linebacker. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Um, whenever they find, th- like, Neve, the main guy, he comes in. He does all this sleuthing. He finds out who it really is, and they always have an actual meetup for the first time. Nice. And whenever that person gets out, comes out of their house... And the guy who's getting catfished sees that girl or guy. If it turns out to be them and it's a smoke show, 100% of the time, guess who's just totally cool with all the lies and everything that's been going on the last three years? <laughs> totally cool with it. But if it's not a smoke show, it's always it's like, it's a, hey, you lied to me. It's not the fact that you are a 400-pound dude that I'm talking to and not a 95-pound model. It's that you lied. It's that you lied. (laughs) So that's how I feel like a long way around what your answer was there. I think it's the same thing because it's FPJ. Yeah, if I'm Laney, I'm forgiving forgiving him quickly. 
forgive the fuck out of them. Okay, should we go to the prom dance? Sure. I'm very passionate about what happens at the prom dance. I, Why don't I you know s- you are. You set the scene. How do we get to the prom dance? Um, we're at the prom dance. We'll Freddie s- Prince Jr. takes his sister because Lainey is upset with him. Paul Walker takes Lainey because he's got plans of his own. Paul Walker's trying to get some tail. Paul Walker's got a bet of his own, like a side bet. He's like, all right, I won this bet clearly with... um, Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. (laughs) (laughs) I won that one. Now I'm also going to try to sleep with Lainey here. Yeah. And just to like ultimate win or whatever in his mind. He basically turns into like this... Like he goes from Freddie Prince Jr.'s best friend and they have this weird fun bet that kind of goes sideways and then he just turns into the biggest dickhead, and clearly they're never going to be friends again. Yeah. Also, who's DJing the dance? Usher. Of Usher course. Usher Raymond. He's making it fucking rain dance moves on the dance floor. <laughs> and when I say that, I mean choreographed dance moves. Which okay, so let's I will play let you song. take it from there. Let's play the song. Let's play the song that Usher cues up because this is also iconic. This song is playing. This is my biggest nit to pick with the entire film. That is, she's all that. I have never in my life been at a school dance where all of a sudden they just play a song. By the way, caveat here. I understand there's like cha-cha slide at weddings and there's like, there's things that everyone knows. But they played this song. Yeah, they played this song. And everyone in the school all of a sudden is just doing a choreographed dance. It's the weirdest scene I've ever seen. To me, this translated way, way less than like anything else in this movie from 1999 to 2019 was the choreographed dance. My stomach was on fire when I was watching the dudes. Because what they did was they would do like all the girls get together and do the girl choreographed part of the dance. Then the guys would all get together and do like a guy choreographed part of the dance. Then they would all come together and be dancing together. Have you ever been in a school dance and everyone just like in sync knew a song? No. And how to dance to it? No, not at all. By the way, it Usher organically played this song. Everyone at the dance was just dancing normal. For some reason, it was like they, they were. Just... It was like they were programmed. It's like the Zoolander scene <laughs> yeah. when he hears the song and he starts fucking turning into combat. They hear this song, it's like, oh, we know every single dance move to this. Let's do it in step. We have a full-on planned out thing, and let's do it. If I could give an MCITW to not a person and give it to, like, a scene, I would give it to this scene. I have massive issues with it. What I will say, though, there's a reason that all of that made no sense in the movie. Do you know what it was? What? The director felt like the movie was like three minutes too short. Really? So it wasn't in the script and the director just goes, you know what? We need to add three minutes to this movie. Let's just add a full on song in where everyone just knows a choreographed dance and we'll just do like an entire dance scene to get it to the time that I want the total You found that in the notes? I found that, yeah. That's crazy. They should have just used that three minutes to maybe like develop Preston's characters. 
Yeah, they could have used that three minutes on so many other things. I mean, even intern Whitney was saying that she wasn't entirely connected to FPJ and Rachel Lee Cook the whole time. Maybe just like what we were talking about. The montage. Yeah. The love montage. We felt like they were supposed to be falling in love after three hangouts. Just add a love montage in for a couple minutes. So so then we don't know like, oh, they've been hanging out for a few months. This music's been playing. They basically... And like we were talking about this, maybe it's just we gotten used to these long drawn out teen drama shows where we check in with them, or where the like the love story's drawn out over multiple episodes. But really, when you boil it down, like you just said, there are three to four conversations that happen between Freddie Prince <laughs> Jr. and Rachel Lee Cook. Impossible to connect with them. They needed the love montage. God, can I just say, like, I don't even know. I I know we talked about this, but I just want to double back. It's also probably because I've been drinking a little more now, so now I'm just like getting way more into her. The drunker I get as we do this podcast. You still thinking about uh, Rachel Lee Cook? Yeah. Dude, she is so attractive. Yeah. <laughs> She's so attractive. She's got these fucking insane eyes, and we were saying she's just like so petite. She's very small. She's, But she's just like perfect in all ways. Um, to quote Paul Walker... I believe at the beach scene, he says, uh, check out the Bobos on Laney. Clip. Hey, now, check out the Bobos on Super Freak. You know, Zach, from up here, she almost looks normal. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Paul Walker is such a classic, just fucking, like, 40 IQ jock dumb By the way, that should be a new bit we do on the podcast. We, We have you describe one of the girls on the show at the beginning, and then we get three and a half. Rum and Diet Cokes in you. Where I get out at the end. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I can't stop thinking about her. It's just such a shame that that sh- her career didn't take off, dude. The more I'm thinking about it, fuck Natalie Portman. <laughs> God damn, dude. She boxed her out. She totally boxed her out. I mean, we could have had Rachel Lee Cook in Black Swan. What about Sweet? Damn it. That said, I do love Natalie Portman. Me you, too. you, you fucking give me a girl next door, and I'm in it like a, I'm just, I'm, I melt. Okay. This podcaster melts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Oh, I'm scooping BD out the floor real quick. Let's let's play a clip of the final scene because final scene of this movie. What does FPJ do, dude? He shows up. He goes back to Laney's house. He's like, fuck. I'm not going to let prom go down like that. No chance. Taylor won prom queen. Don't care. I don't want the prom queen. I want the fucking nerd in the painted overalls. Goes back to her house. There's a final scene where they're hanging out outside at her pool. And then there's this clip. So, what now? I don't know. Art school. You? I've been kind of thinking about art school myself. Art? Yeah. You don't take art? Yeah, but I'm thinking more along the lines of performance art. Be silent. Be still. Be silent. Zach. What? Shut up. Great moment. They kiss. Great ending scene. What I will say, though, while I say great, great ending scene, is a little bit of a letdown. I thought it could have been a little more grand on the on the kiss. On the final ending scene kiss. 
the girl and the guy they come together through all the adversity there there was there was just a nice moment with the like the timing of the lights lit up a little bit and you get the shot of Kevin Pollock plugging in the lights around the pool by the way the pool was looking great yeah so that was sweet what you didn't get and i think this is what you're pointing to is like almost like they needed like the time crunch moment yeah like the Ryan Atwood running where they're counting down to midnight and he's not going to make it you're not yeah. sure and it's just like she thinks that he screwed him her over, like and then there's some grand moment where they finally meet up and it's just like they have to fucking yeah. kiss. This was more just like a chill, laid back, they talked it out, and then they just have a kiss. Should have had it in an airport. Yeah. Like she was she had to get on a flight like right after prom. Like she actually did get into art school, but because it's like a super artsy art school, they start three months earlier than other colleges. Mm. So she actually had to get on that plane right after prom. And go to art school, never to see FPJ again. And then he's got to like run in through the airport, like trying to get her and stuff. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That would have been amazing. I could have used an airport kiss scene. By the way, just real quick, one of the, the things, speaking of school, it reminded me of one of the things about Freddie Prince Jr.'s character in this was he wasn't sure what he was going to do with his future. Like his dad wants him to go to Dartmouth, and he has acceptance letters from like seven other Ivy League schools. While you say that, all I think about is this clip from Not Another Teen Movie. God, Dad, how many times have I told you I'm not going to Princeton? Listen, I'm not pressuring you, son. All I'm saying is give it four years. If you don't like it, there's always a job waiting for you at my firm. I don't want your life. (laughs) I just am obsessed with drama, with, like, over-exuberant, drama with a dad. dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know why it just makes me laugh every time. Okay, go on. Um but they never really fully developed that. The only thing no. seemingly were just like Freddie Prince Jr.'s character can't decide which Ivy League school to go to. Yeah, like and it's stressing him out. <laughs> <laughs> he's like they make it seem like he's just like I don't know what to do with my future. I mean Dad, I don't want your life. Dad, I know you want me to go to Dartmouth, but maybe I want to go to Cornell. I don't know, Dad. Dad, you don't understand, Dad. Stanford's looking pretty good in the fall. And I get to stay in California, Dad. Dad, you know I love Boston, and I got accepted to Harvard as well, so maybe I'll do that. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. There's so much to... Like, there's no... Seemingly, they they try to give him a little bit of angst, but that was as far as his angst went, was he got dumped by his psychopath girlfriend, and he can't decide which unreal school to go to. And we already know that FPJ can crush in fucking Boston, dude. I mean, in Summer Catch, he's in Cape Cod, and he's fucking crushing in Boston. All right, so that uh, that brings us to new bit. She's all that, too. Yeah, What happens? So let's lay out this thing. Whenever we want, to, whenever we do a teen movie recap, a movie breakdown on the VL Pod, we're gonna now do this thing where we end it with a if they made a she's all that too. Where is everyone at? So where do you think um, she's all that too? I'm thinking Lainey gets a little taste of popularity. She goes to not like an art school, art school, but like a university that does have a good art program. So she's not going to like fit them. 
No. No, wait, that's fashion. She's not going to RISD. She's not going to RISD. She's not going all the way out to Rhode Island. Nah, she, just goes, she goes to like a big state school that does have a good art program. She gets a taste of that popular life, joins a sorority, um, <clears throat> yep. just kind of rises through the ranks in that sorority, yep. and just kind of takes over the campus. Uh, meanwhile, Freddie Prince Jr. gets a little taste of that hacky sack stage <laughs> life. Um, and he... Just since he doesn't want to go to any of these colleges, apparently, he just kind of takes us out on the road and comes kind of like a street performal carnival act kind of guy doing like <laughs> hacky sack tricks. Yeah. So he's essentially like what Mark McGrath and uh, Sugar Ray. Yeah. He's just doing what Sugar Ray is doing now. Like he's just playing at carnivals music, except he's doing it with hacky sack. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I'm more. Th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm more thinking of like a Burning Man type situation. Oh, okay. like he's out at Burning Man, and him and Laney are still together, but it's kind of this bohemian romance where they're just kind of pen pals. Okay. And one day they might meet up again for another kiss, and that's the end of "She's All That Too" as they kiss <laughs> okay. one more time. So, if "She's All That Too" for me is, I like where you're at with Laney. I'm on board with that. Oh, by um, the way, she transfers her major to marketing. <laughs> yeah, I I think that Lainey goes off and it's like a classic ugly duckling syndrome like you're saying. She becomes popular and then all of a sudden she's like way too cool for school. <laughs> it's kind of like if you're popular, it's got to happen early so you get used to it. When it happens that late, you just go off the rails. Yeah. So I think in college, Lainey gets addicted. <laughs> Lainey gets addicted to... She gets an opiate addiction. Okay. I could see so, how I go. She's just like crushing like hydrocodone pills and stuff mm-hmm. and a little oxy. Yeah. And oh, yeah. she is a real bad problem in that sorority you were talking about. So like she's all that too. It gets a little dark. Okay. And, she, and you're, like, she's in a sorority as well? <laughs> yeah. Lady's strung out. Okay. And um, she's in a sorority. Now FPJ, the first, and this is all in the first half. Okay. <laughs> first half. FPJ, he says, he's saying like "fuck you, dad," and she's all that one. But in she's all that two, he realize he does what like all of us do, where you kind of fight your parents, but then you kind of just end up becoming like very similar to them. So FPJ, freshman year of college, he was like fighting it, and then sophomore year, he just decided like I'm full on gonna go into business and just be like a businessman like my dad. And then he just becomes like a total straight edge like square bitch fbj does okay so then the second half of the movie it fast forwards like a couple years she's gotten her life together and then he's like still a businessman and they meet up in california nice he's now like working for some startup like internet company that's like budding and stuff and she like got back to her roots with art and then the second half of the movie is she's like trying to get him to like loosen up again because he's just like his dad and he's a businessman. She's passed all of the all of the drug addicted. She's still I was gonna say she's still super pilled out. No, she's passed all of that. Good. She's turned her life around and now it's like another like I gotta save this guy from being a straight edge like pussy bitch. Okay, so she's like you're too down the middle. I went way too far. <laughs> Got a taste of the drug lifestyle. Now I'm going like to try and pull you back a little bit into that, but not 
too far. Yeah. Because I know where the line is. <laughs> yeah, now she knows where the line is. All right. Yeah. I can. They get. Do they live? I didn't put ever? any thought into it. Do they it, live do happily <laughs> ever after in California together? Obviously. In yeah. the pool house. Yeah, but I just I want them to end up together. But I did have to have them have a like a patch where they weren't together because me too. Me too. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't fully connected that just after she's all that one that they ended up together forever. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it. I need a little bit more struggle for both of them until they can really come together. Yeah. What's Paul? What, what's Paul Walker doing in these? By the way. He died, dude. Oh yeah. R. I. P. He died in the show, too. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> okay, who's your... Do you have an MVP? Oh, I wasn't even thinking about it. Uh, this is me... two weeks in a row well, <laughs> that you have completely not remembered that you have to do an MVP. No, I had one last week. Yeah, but I, I, I could tell you didn't have one. Could you? Yeah. Really? It was pretty obvious when I was editing it. Can you tell that I'm buying time right now? Because <laughs> you're, like, you're like, last week you are like... Oh, yeah, my MVP this week is Lucas. <laughs> I'm going Kevin Pollock, just because I forgot he was in this. I like him. Not only does he own his own pool company, yeah, and seemingly has parlayed that into a $1.5 million house in the California Hills, mm-hmm. he also wears a baseball hat at all times. Including when he's in his pajamas and robe. <laughs> Two things. One, Whitney made a comment of loves a dad in a robe. Yeah. Whitney, why do you love robes so much on guys? Dads, specific. I, I just like a casual look. Likes a casual dad. So, that's one. Whitney loves a casual dad in a robe. Points for Mr. Pollock. I have a second thing just to zag here a little bit. Why wouldn't they just make it an out-of-ground pool? Like, he's the pool guy, but that would show that they were poor more. I don't know, because then the, the scene at the end with the lights <laughs> wouldn't be as impactful. <laughs> the scene at the end is the lights, and they're just at an out-of-ground pool, and they, like, walked up onto the, like, ledge <laughs> of the out-of-ground yeah. pool. <laughs> Could have been good. Yeah, Could've so, okay, good. you got Kevin Pollock, huh? Uh, yeah, and I also just like him. Completely forgot he was in this, so I'm giving him the MVP. Good stuff. Love it. Love that. I kind of like doing a movie, though. It's a nice change of pace. It's good. Yeah, we get in, we get out. Um, Let's end it with a little fucking kiss me, dude. Done. So, kiss me. You sleep tight. You tuck on in. You have a really good night's sleep. Kids... And Pat, clear eyes, full heart, you ask it. Clear eyes. Follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is 
Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured. 